Hello and welcome to the Stack Magazine's podcast. My name is Stephen Watson. I'm the founder of Stack, the service that searches out the world's best independent magazines and delivers them direct to thousands of readers around the world every month. If you love discovering great new publishing from outside the mainstream, head over to stackmagazines.com and use the code PODCAST to save 10% when you join our independent magazine club. This week I'm speaking with Agnesa Zila, creative director and editor-in-chief of Nork, the magazine that's based up in Tromso, high above the Arctic Circle, and which Agnesa started as a way to reflect the creativity and character of the far north, but which she's changed along the way to become a broader exploration of the world, though still with this distinctly dark perspective that is somehow evocative of her remote adopted home. If you're a regular listener to this podcast, you'll know that I like to get into the heartache and pain that can come along with independent publishing, and Agnesa has had more than her fair share of that, which she talks about very openly in this episode. Uh, And she also gets into the strange lure that keeps on pulling her back to publishing this labour of love. We delivered the current issue to Stack subscribers earlier this year, so hopefully you'll already be familiar with the magazine. But if you weren't on our mailing list in October, you can still buy a copy from us. Uh, Just go to stackmagazines.com forward slash shop and search for Nork and you'll find it in there along with lots of spreads to give you a better idea of what it's all about. But first, I hope you'll enjoy this conversation with Agnesa Zila from Nork. Agnesa, so nice to speak to you. Hi, you too. So you are the woman behind Nork, uh, this properly intriguing magazine. I think, I mean, I kind of always ask people to start out by telling me what this magazine's about, but I think that in this case, it's it's even more important than normal. So uh, so tell me, what is Nork? I feel that uh, Nork is many things, but I started it as a kind of ode to the north, mm-hmm. like to explore creativity here and uh, show these unique stories of people living uh, above polar circle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it can be that it turned into something else over the time. <laughs> and you're based in Tromso, right? Yes, I am. Okay. Uh, and so, so you're uh, in uh, uh, a place in the Arctic Circle, which is probably one of the, it's probably one of the more kind of like cosmopolitan places in the Arctic Circle. Is that right? Yes, that is exactly right. Okay, all right. So the so this magazine started then as you bringing together uh, like artists and writers and and people to try to give an impression of that. Yes. Well, how it started. I feel that it was completely different of uh, how you see Nork now, because when I started it, it was like a project dedicated to local people here. Mm-hmm. It was for free mm-hmm. and it was very local. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and when, when was this? Uh, I think it was like four years ago mm-hmm. or three, mm-hmm. five, no, four. And, and what what was it that made you first want to make that magazine? It was completely by an accident. I um, I had just moved to Tromso, and uh, 
I didn't realize what life in the north is like. I didn't I didn't research it. I didn't know about polar nights or, or polar days or I just came here and realized that I'm far away in the north. The winter is coming. So um, I went to this youth house, Tvibit, uh, which focuses on young people doing things, creative things. And, um, and I saw a poster that said, you can apply for your idea to get funding mm-hmm. until you are 26 mm-hmm. years old. Mm-hmm. And I was 25 and something. <laughs> and I felt like the deadline is coming. <laughs> like I need to gather all my creative thoughts and do something. Wow. <laughs> but the, it wasn't that easy because I had like a million ideas make cool surfboards, something, something. <laughs> but um, yeah, then it hit me that there is no publication about uh, about art or culture here, even though it's uh, striving up in the north, because you go like you go mad if you don't do anything here. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then so there you are, somebody who's just seen uh, an advert saying you can get funding. You've had the idea to make a magazine. Had you ever made a, a magazine before? No, I hadn't. I had none experience. Like, I had been a, been an, an intern in two magazines before. Mm-hmm. But then I never thought that I would do something like that myself. Like, mm-hmm. that thought hadn't occurred to me. So then how did you go about starting to bring this together? Did you have a bunch of people who you could reach out to to help you? <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> this this story is completely uh, this hard beginning story because I didn't know anyone here. Mm. I was completely new to the city. I didn't even know all the museums or I didn't have any friends. So I just went to this youth house and I started asking if you know someone, do you know a writer, do you know a photographer? So after a few months, I had gathered like a tiny, tiny team of people who would also be willing to work for free on this. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. This is how it started, without knowing anyone or anything or without, yeah. Okay, so you so complete beginner and you start out making a very local um, city magazine for Tromso. What then, what led you to change the magazine and make it more into what we see today? Yes, I actually remember this moment quite clearly because uh, I had been doing this for three issues uh, that was delivered for free to cafes and people could just pick it up. And um, then we had the launch event for the third, I think, volume. And at this launch event, I saw one woman drawing on the cover of the magazine. Which is like fine because I like people being creative and doing their own things. But I also kind of felt that 
this has to end because um, the truth is somehow we appreciate things more when we pay for them uh-huh. and, um, like if you go to an exhibition or something if it's for free you will probably spend less time there because it's just given to you like that mm-hmm. and and yeah i just decided that this is it that i need to appreciate my work and uh and then i uh then I contacted this um, branding agency, Bobo in Paradise, who is also doing the design. Uh, and uh, yeah, well, I decided to make it either to stop it or make it into something I'm really proud of and uh, that is appreciated in a, another way than it was before. Right. Okay. I see. So two. So two key things there. Then, I suppose one is deciding that this needs to be something that is paid for, and then also you deciding to bring in some other inputs in terms of getting like a, a design agency, a branding agency to to come and be part of it. That I guess those are two really big changes when you're making a magazine what was there ever a point where you thought actually do you know what it'd just be easier to stop like i'll just not do this anymore yes i think every time i made a new issue i thought i will never do this again (laughs) even now i still do it because it takes a lot of time okay it's very fun it's fulfilling it's a great feeling, but also it is so hard. And I thought like with each issue, I will learn many things. I will get better, but actually it's not true because every time new problems arrive and you have to start all over again and deal with them and find ways to deal with them. So yeah. Yeah. Oh, good. Let's talk about problems. <laughs> problems are the best bit to talk about. So um, we sent uh, issue five out, the current issue out uh, to our subscribers uh, earlier this year. Um, and I was really excited to, to, uh, to be able to do that. Um, and the copies arrived at our warehouse in the UK. And I think the same day I got a very worried message from you uh, asking about a problem with the covers. So um, may, maybe you could tell us uh, what the problem was. What, what happened there? Yes. Mm. Yeah, well, first of all, thank you so much for this. <sighs> it was like so happy feeling. But OK, then the, then came this and it wasn't so happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, well, what happened was uh, that with this issue, I started to work with a distributor and um, yeah, I sent out the copies to you and to them and they sent me an image that the copies have arrived uh, like in a not presentable way, mm-hmm. that they're damaged and I got so worried and I realized that this might be true because I didn't go through all the boxes. Mm-hmm. They went straight from the printing house. So, yeah. Well, I called you and you know the rest that um, actually it was bad and uh, I needed to deal with that. And uh, yeah, it was bad. And 
at that moment I didn't uh, know what to do exactly right. and how to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, the reality is that these things happen sometimes uh, with printing. So, um, so I, I guess the problem was with the cover stock, wasn't it? The was it just the 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 paper that had been used for the cover of the magazine was either was it not thick enough or didn't have a right coating on it or something like that? The problem was that I had chosen uncoated paper. Mm-hmm. No, it was thick enough. I had used it for the previous issues and I love it. I love this paper feeling. Mm-hmm. And um, I also didn't want to laminate it as it is less eco-friendly or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when this happened, I I also talked to the printing house and they said, why did I choose this cover kind of cover? Because like when you when you ship it, it mm, like each uh, each magazine affects the other and and creates these kind of scratches. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. But but I mean that's not really something you want your printer to be telling you after it's been printed and shipped. <laughs> shipped around the place it's kind of better if the printer says that before you print it and then you can do something about it yeah exactly i feel that there are certain things that you just can't worry about because someone else has to do it like these kind of things Mm. they should have informed me or suggested something yeah all this happened afterwards when the damage was done i was not sleeping, wine didn't help. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so how do you go about fixing that problem then? My first thought was the worst has happened. Hmm. I will to pay contract uh, fees or something. I will have to, I don't know, move somewhere, earn money. Oh, God. <laughs> All these bad thoughts occurred to me, but then I just uh, tried to calm down and uh, called everyone involved, explained the situation, and uh, just I just tried to talk to the printing house and explain how bad this is, and then I have responsibility for this, and they should put it right. Mm, mm, mm. And they did, right? Yeah, they did do it. I was really happy that they didn't say that I was crazy or <laughs> it's all my fault. They kind of admitted it and they fixed everything. But as you know, the process also was not so nice as they said one thing and they did another thing. And mm-hmm. I, this whole time I was just hoping that it will arrive on time and they will actually do everything because I cannot control what they do. Mm. And it, and I just needed to trust that it will fix itself or mm-hmm. it will be all good. So the, so the printers um, collected all the copies up from our warehouse and I guess from wherever else they were uh, around the world and they went back to, uh, whereabouts were they printed? They are printed in Latvia. Okay, so went back to Latvia, all the covers were taken off new covers were printed, new covers were fixed on, and then they were shipped back out. And I mean, honestly, like that, that is, it kind of is bad. Like that is a, it's a very, very disruptive thing to have happened. But 
I mean, the net result for us, for our subscribers, is that people probably got their magazines about a week later than they would have done. So, you know, in the scheme of things, it's also not that bad. And you can explain to people this is why it's late and, and this is what's happened. Did, did you, did, did you, I mean, so that was my take on it, but how, how were you left feeling? Did, did you also feel, okay, you know, this is a good learning experience and actually it's all turned out okay? Or did you, were you left thinking actually the, there was a bigger problem? I think I learned a lot from this situation. I, I learned that um, sometimes, yeah, well, sometimes these things happen and you, you have to put yourself in this, like really put yourself in this situation and realize this has happened. So what are the solutions? But from the other hand, I felt that because I'm already responsible for so many things mm. that I don't realize that I have to be even more careful that I should have opened all the boxes mm. because I felt that this is their uh this is their job yeah this is totally. what they are responsible for but i got uh, sucked in the middle of it and the feeling was not great yeah and um, yeah when they talked to me i also felt that things were not explained to me well mm. things that i didn't think about before Mm, because mm. it's their world their printing world and i'm i'm a publisher <laughs> <laughs> yeah and also you i mean you're a publisher you're working with a very very small team the you know it's not like you have a load of people who you can turn around to for for help with this i i think i think we should let, let's talk about some happier uh, aspects of publishing this magazine because it's not all uh, struggle and strife you you and i met each other very briefly uh, at the end of last year because uh, you came to London to pick up your uh, award for best use of illustration uh, in the Stack Awards. It, tell me a little bit about illustration and this magazine. Like, the, Has it always been so central to, to what you do with it? Um, no, at first it was more content-based. Mm-hmm. Um, but Afterwards, I started to work with Bobo in Paradise. Mm, I let them, I let them be very creative. I don't really put them in a box. Uh-huh. I I provide, I provide them with a good material and good content, and they can play around with it as much as they like. Mm-hmm. And the great thing about this is that. Um, I really trust them and I really uh, adore their sense of um, creativity or this boldness of design. They're not afraid to do crazy things and I really love it. Mm, mm, And I think illustration can be such a powerful tool for a small magazine like yours as well because, you know, it... If you're using photography to uh, like to, to illustrate a piece, to show a piece, you're relying on the kind of photography that you can get back. Whereas when you're using illustration, really there are no limits. The, you, know, you, you can make something as grand and spectacular as you like, just purely with the, the illustration. Yeah, yes. And I think 
it's a mix of uh, how you use it because if you just put an illustration on a blank page it's one thing but if you make it a part of the whole magazine it's mm. another and I think this is how Nork stands out because it's like a one one big thing the text the illustration it all comes together it's not like you read the text and look at the illustrations it's like something more yeah no absolutely and the whole thing creates this tone of the like the magazine as as a whole the so the um your issues or at least issues 4 and 5 uh, have been themed and the theme of this one that we sent out um, was the holy cosmos which I just think is like, again th- thinking about sort of grand ambition and, and making something spectacular that just leaves you with a whole load of room to play so where, where did this idea of the holy cosmos come from? Actually this idea was inspired by my art team mm-hmm. because they were working on a they wanted to do a video installation in a in an old church. Mm-hmm. So they were all caught up in this universe idea. Right. And we, and we talked about it and we felt that in this time of uncertainty, in this year of craziness, it would be good to take a break and just fly somewhere higher <laughs> and think about yeah what's out there not not what is going on here yeah yeah no i i like it i and i definitely well i didn't know that was the inspiration but i definitely get that feeling of kind of ascending to a, a higher plane uh, with this so i'm kind of reluctant to ask given uh, the answers to the, the previous questions but have you decided yet are you going to be making an issue six uh yes i will <laughs> excellent and so when do you start work on that because obviously it's a, a magazine that comes out once a year so the, the do you start straight away as soon as the last one's out or do you need a little break i need a break <laughs> <laughs> afterwards i feel no like i as i told you every time i think like should I really be doing this? Yeah. Or no? It, of course, it is worth it, and I love it. I really love it. But you need to take time to forget. <laughs> <laughs> it's sort of what they say about childbirth, isn't it? Like the you need a little bit of time to forget how terrible that was. So, so when do you start with the next one then? It usually takes like three months until uh-huh. I can begin to think about it. Mm-hmm. But actually, I have already decided the theme for the next one, and I'm planning to uh, launch the open call quite soon. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, can you share the theme? Yes. Well, it's not ni- nicely formul- formulated, but but the theme will be built around memories, uh-huh. like a memory constructor. It, it is a bit inspired by a Black Mirror episode the whole history of you uh, okay 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 so the, so we can expect the next issue to be about memories but maybe with a slightly uh darker twist as we would expect of course from nork coming from uh this place high above the arctic circle the, when you're making the magazine do you have a kind of mental checklist or even a physical checklist of things that 
for next time you want to do differently? Is, is there anything that with issue six you, you want to try and do differently? Yes. Um, well, I think about this every time, but um, <laughs> what I need is more time. Hmm. I need um, more time to talk to talk to the artists to create some ideas because already like NARC is coming out once a year or twice a year if I manage but this process is big and I really want to do a big thick full, full magazine mm-hmm. with with great stories and if you want to do so you need to take more time even at the point when where you feel that the content is great it can be even uh, better no, of course. <laughs> you can find more things and you need to also find time to look at the final result and feel the flow of it mm, 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 mm. i mean the, I, i've got to say like i felt like that about every magazine i've ever made <laughs> there's never been one there's never been one where you think oh i had exactly the right amount of time to make that yeah no <laughs> it's just the way it is listen Agnesa thank you so much for, for taking the time to talk um, thank you for all those efforts getting uh, issue 5 sorted out and sent to Stack subscribers and um, I'm looking forward to seeing that memories issue yes thank you so much for talking to me it was really fun <laughs> Okay, that's all for this week. I would like to say thanks again to Agnesa for speaking to me and, of course, for being so open about the realities of publishing your own independent magazine. It is really hard work, as you can probably hear. Once again, if all this leaves you wanting to see the magazine for yourself, head over to the Stack Shop and you can pick one up there while we still have some in stock. This is our last episode for 2020. As I record this, it's the week before Christmas and we're going to be taking a bit of a break. Uh, But we'll be back in the new year. So if you don't already, please do follow us wherever you get your podcasts and our new episodes will appear in your feed as soon as they're ready. Thank you very much for listening to this. And if you're a Stack subscriber, thanks very much for subscribing. And if you buy magazines from our online shop, thanks for that too. This has obviously been a weird and difficult year, but we've made it through thanks to your support. And I'm pleased to say that next year we'll be picking up where we left off. We've already got five months worth of fantastic independents lined up and ready to send out. And I can't wait to start putting them in front of our readers all around the world. So I hope you'll have a happy and restful end to this year and a happy but probably less restful start to next year. And we'll be back with a new season of the Stack Magazine's podcast at some point in 2021.